Hello everyone, welcome to Amen, where we have the power of God and anime on our sides. My name is Greg, and once again, it is just me today, so you know what that means. It's time for another installment of The Intersection, where I take a look at some various manga that I've read and see how that has made me think about my faith more as a Christian. Today, we're going to take a look at one of my favorite series of all time, Kaguya-sama, Love is War. Or at least a very certain small aspect of it. And you guys don't know how long I've waited to find something in this manga to finally talk about this. The series is actually just so good, both in terms of the anime and the manga. Uh, to give the quickest rundown of the plot, it's basically a rom-com where the two main characters try to get the other one to confess their love. Both of these characters are a part of their school's student council alongside a few other members, most important of which for today will be Yu Ishigami. So I'm going to give a warning here because this podcast is going to contain quite a few spoilers for Ishigami's plotline in the series, which should be around chapter 90-ish in the manga and the last three or so episodes of the second season of the anime. So if you do not want to have the series spoiled just a little bit, then go and watch or read all of it just real fast because it is definitely worth it. Alright, so let's move on to this story. So Ishigami is your pretty typical anti-social nerd that you can usually find in anime and manga. However, in addition to that, he's also just kind of hated by most of his grade for some reason that you aren't really given an explanation for at first. And basically, from this one kind of arc for Ishigami, you find out that he messed up big time socially for doing something that he honestly should have done. To keep it short, uh, Ishigami pretty much just threatened to leak the fact that one of his classmates was cheating on his girlfriend. A girl that Ishigami appreciated because she was one of the only few people who even cared to just say hi to him when nobody else did. And the thing is, this one classmate was very, very popular among the student body. And basically, nobody would believe Ishigami. And this led to Ishigami basically attacking and beating up this guy in front of a crowd of his peers, which pretty much made him look like the villain in this whole situation, even to the girl that he was trying to protect. Then after this whole debacle, he was eventually suspended from school for a long period of time, though in a way you could say that it was self-imposed at a certain point, until... Our main characters of the student council come in to save the day. Uh, They, albeit in slightly underhanded ways, fix the whole situation for Ishigami by one, making the popular guy transfer schools, two, keeping the girl basically unaware of the fact that she was being cheated on, and three, by helping Ishigami graduate by speaking with all the teachers and principal and everybody involved. All in all, it is a very heartwarming story that provides a whole lot of depth to a lot of the main characters because normally you only see them in this kind of 
choking manner. And this is the first time that Ishigami really gets a little bit of character development. And it's very important to every single character within the overall narrative of the story itself. So then, what biblical themes does this story kind of touch upon? Because obviously, that's what we're looking for. Well, let me ask a question. Does Isaiah 64.6 ring a bell to any of you? If not, then maybe you gotta learn a few more memory verses. Although I will admit I did forget the reference for this verse, but I do know the verse, so don't worry, don't worry about it. I, I read my Bible. This is actually a verse that is fairly well known, I think, and the part that most people probably will recognize is this. All our righteous acts are like filthy rags. The whole idea of this verse is that no matter what we do, no matter how pure our intentions or how much good we seem to bring to the world, all of that is fruitless at the end of the day. Or at least that would be the case if Jesus didn't come, of course. But this verse is a very hard one for people to swallow. Like, what do you mean all my righteous acts are like dirty rags? I'm out here trying my hardest to live a good life, to be nice to other people, and to do the right thing. And you're just going to tell me that it's not good enough for you? That it's not amounting to anything? And I'm really sure that that was what Ishigami felt when he did the good thing. He didn't just stand by and let it go unattended, but he stood up to go fight for this girl that, you know, may not have even known the truth by the end. He did the right thing, and yet he got burned for it, and burned hard. I mean, is that fair? Well, I guess it really depends on what viewpoint you're standing at when looking at the situation, right? If you're going to look at it from a solely human point of view, then, no, I'd agree with you. This would not be fair to Ishigami. You do your best, and you get hurt for it. That's not how we like to roll. I mean, I remember growing up, my mom all the time said to me, like, you might have did poorly, but as long as you did your best, that's good enough. But what happens when our best ends up causing more problems and causing problems for us. I don't know, it's kind of messed up, right? But then I would challenge you to try to look at it from a more heavenly stance, for lack of a better term. I think that there is a reason why the phrase dirty rags was used in this particular passage. Now, I don't know if you guys have ever done any type of cleaning work, But if there's anything that I've learned from my job cleaning up laptops and desktops, it's that dirty rags tend to keep things dirty rather than clean. Sometimes during my job, I have to wipe down these large silver monitors or I'll have to wipe down these nice kind of white MacBooks. And, you know, if I try to use one of my like dirty rags that I use to clean something that's normally black, it ends up leaving a lot of dirt streaks after I finish wiping down. And then 
I'll like spritz it again and then wipe it again. And what do you know? There's still dirt streaks there because the rag that I'm using is in itself dirty. Instead of removing the dirt that's on these laptops or these desktops, all that I'm doing is really pushing it around to places where it just wasn't before. And I guess that's a little bit like what our righteous acts end up doing. We don't remove the sin nor the effects of it within any particular situation we're trying to work within. Instead, we're just kind of pushing the punishment to some future date. Or, in the case of Ishigami, we're just shifting the punishment onto someone else. When I think about this, I think about um, the Israelites back in the Old Testament when they had to do all the animal sacrifices. And what does the Bible say? It says those sacrifices, because they weren't like perfect, it just took away their sins for a little bit. And they had to keep on coming back to sacrifice more and more animals because the sacrifices that they made did not remove the sin that they commit or they just kind of push it off to later. It takes something that is truly clean to be able to remove the dirtiness of sin. Something spotless, something unblemished, something like Christ maybe. And then the cool thing is his blood then washes us clean and so now if you take that same illustration, now instead of having these dirty rags, we can work with these rags that are now washed clean. And within the story of Kaguya-sama, the members of the student council will be the ones acting in the place of Jesus here. They removed all of the mess that Ishigami could not fix. The mess that Ishigami ended up just pushing onto himself. So now then, what does that mean for us? Well, I think that the major takeaway message here is that we need to be acting within the power and the authority of Christ, lest we work in vain, right? And while that sounds pretty easy to do, it's like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna do these things for Jesus, you know? Nice and easy, I'll, that's that's what I say, that's what I'm gonna believe, and I'm just gonna go go about my day doing you know, what I would normally do. I think it comes with a lot of challenges that we may not expect. Working for the glory of God means that none of the glory will come to us anymore. None of the praise or the accolades you would have achieved by, you know, doing whatever you did, whatever it is that you were going to do is going to be heading your way. You're essentially brushing yourself off to the sideline so that when people look at the situation, the thing or the person that they see is God and not you. That's kind of tough. I know that it is tough for me because I, I may or may not have some sort of pride issue, but that's besides the point. And sometimes the way that God wants us to work is very, very different from the way that we want to. 
sometimes God's going to ask us to do a lot of things that we aren't really that comfortable with. And we'll just stand there and be like, mm, you know, God, I think that what you have is a, is a pretty good idea. But if you just look over here, I think that this is a better idea, right? I think that, you know, instead of going to go talk to all of these people who like nobody's really talking to who you know are probably feeling really lonely you know, that's kind of awkward for me so i'm not going to do that but but you know god i think that a great idea would be making this uh one big social event where uh you know if they want to come then they can come and uh we then we'll talk to them because then they'll be in our territory and we'll feel more comfortable about it and god just sitting there saying you know, that's not how I want to work. And the way that I want to work is the way that it is going to work. So now we're left with that choice. And then obviously, if we want to be able to do the work of God the way that God intended, then that means that we need to spend a lot of time in scripture and in prayer and in general communion with God so that we know what it is and how God wants us to work. And from my frequent conversations with a bunch of different Christians, I can tell you not everybody is that deep in prayer or that deep in scripture all the time. It's hard for a lot of people because it's not the most interesting to people. When, when you compare it to something like, I don't know, hanging out with friends, um, or like watch, watching YouTube or something more quote unquote important like like eating a breakfast or going to work and stuff like that. It's something that if we're not used to, you have to really make the effort to try to do. And that's tough. So all of that sounds like a whole lot of work and hassle. And I think that some might question whether it is worth it or not. And to those that ask that question, I would respond, yes. Yes, it is completely worth it. I think if I think if you have to question that idea, it means that you have not understood what it is like to be able to work for God and to be able to work for his glory. I think that having God receive the glory that he deserves ends up being a much more fulfilling feeling than having us gain the glory that is not fully attributed to us. And I guess that might be hard to understand until you actually do it. And so here I'm challenging you. Go out and actually try to do this. Just once. Just once and see how it feels. <laughs> and I'm sure that you will want to do it more in the future. And with that, that's about all I have to say for this little story in Kaguya-sama, Love is War. Now, I would really love to sit here and just spend more time to talk about how good of a series this is. But I guess that has to be saved for another time and another topic and another series, maybe. Thank you all for listening. We are Amen. And with the power of God and anime on our sides, we hope to see you next time. Peace.